your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, Monday, November 15th, 2021. Your boy Q here with you, and unfortunately, not coming to you on a victory Monday. Not talking about the Raiders sitting in first place, but unfortunately talking about a big L that they took Sunday night football by the hands of the Chiefs, 41 to 14. Before we get into any of today's show, I do want to let you know and thank you for making the Lockdown Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day and know that you can pick up this podcast free and available on all platforms. So coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Lots of calls, lots of texts, lots of tweets. Going to get to as many as possible, but there'll be no way I'm able to get through all of it. But I got a lot of feedback. Raider Nation, as you can imagine, has sounded off in a major, major way, and it probably started around the second quarter of the game on Sunday. But uh, a lot of feedback I'll get to as much as possible, not only today, but throughout the course of the week. Segment number two, Going to talk about the panic button. Is it time to hit the panic button? Is it that time where Raider Nation starts to say, is this the second half season collapse like we've seen the past few seasons? Is this the same old team? Had people tweeting at me. Here you go, Q. I thought this was a different team. Well, we'll talk all about that coming up in segment number two. And then segment number one, I always like to do news and notes of the day, but following a game, I really just kind of like to break down the game, look at the numbers behind the game, and see how we got to where we got. And of course, uh, if when it comes to the silver and black, it was not a good place that they got to, as they only put up 14 points, lost to the Chiefs 41-14. to So let's go ahead and get into all that. Patrick Mahomes for those five touchdowns in the dismantling of the Raiders. Uh, 25 for 50, 406 yards was Mahomes. And really, this is the game. You know, I've been talking about it quite a bit. You know, at some point, you think that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to turn the corner and start looking like the Chiefs that we expect them to look like. You think that Patrick Mahomes is going to start looking like the Patrick Mahomes that we expect him to look like. Well, on Sunday Night Football, at least, he looked like that guy. Again, 25 for 50, 406 yards and five TDs. Kansas City also punched in almost 100 yards on the ground. They ran for 94 yards. The total defense, the Raiders gave up 516 total yards of defense on defense. 516 total yards. I mean, that's uh, just an awful day at the office for the silver and black. Offensively, Derek Carr, 25 for 35, 261 yards, two TDs and an interception. And I'll tell you, he threw up a couple. He threw up one that I realized his hand got hit, his arm got hit, and it was intercepted. I get that. Uh, But he turned around and threw another ball up there where he just kind of hucked it up there, and it really looked like a punt, and there was just no chief defender around to pick it off. And at that point, I tweeted out that uh, the Raiders probably just need to sit him down and, and let Marcus Mariota come in and finish off the rest of the game. The game was already out of control at that point. Clearly, Derek Carr was frustrated. That did not look like a Derek Carr pass. Matter of fact, even the one that got intercepted, I know his arm got hit, but that didn't look like a Derek Carr pass either. It just looked like a lot of frustration was coming out. So I tweeted out that I thought that he should be sat down. And man, that did not make the natives very happy. I'll tell you right now, uh, Raider Nation really uh, fired back at me pretty quick, fast, in a hurry. And that's okay. I'm not mad at that. Hey, I mean, you, you do what you do. Uh, I'm just letting it be known that that did not look like very Derek Carr-like. And he was really kind of forcing it down the, the field uh, just for the sake of doing it. And I get it. Hey, maybe he's just trying to make a play. Fine. It just didn't seem right 
So I thought that I was at the time where, hey, Derek Carr just needs to, you know, be go ahead and let him sit it on down. Uh, there's not much time left in the game. Uh, worst come to worst, he gets hurt, and that's not a good thing. So, you know, it was just so many things that were going through my head. I just thought, hey, it's time to sit it on down. But uh, I know a lot of Raider Nation did not like that. So uh, I still believe in Derek Carr. I still think he's the right guy for the job. I just think at that moment he needed to be sat down. But he wasn't, so that's fine. On the ground, the Raiders only rushed for 50 total yards. Derek Carr actually led the team in rushing with 18 yards. That tells you exactly where their run game is at. Three carries for 18 yards. Kenyon Drake had 16 yards on four carries, and Josh Jacobs had 16 yards on seven carries. That's it. 50 total yards on the ground. That's not going to cut it. That just is, is bad. It's very, very bad. Now, I didn't think that the Raiders were going to go in there and just be a, a run-first team and, and go over 150 yards or whatever, but it has to be effective. It has to be able to at least be a threat. Their run game was no threat at all on Sunday. As far as the passing game goes, uh, Brian Edwards had three catches, 88 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, that touchdown came in the second half. It was a pretty nice catch, and he found a way into the end zone. A uh, nice little bounce back from him after having a bad game against the Giants a week ago. Uh, but obviously, when you lose a game, it doesn't really matter. But Edwards, three catches, 88 yards, and a TD. Hunter Renfro continued to be Hunter Renfro. Seven catches, 46 yards, and a touchdown. And then Deshaun Jackson, the newest member of the Silver and Black, one catch, 38 yards, and then I don't know what he did. <laughs> I don't know what happened after that. He caught the ball. He looked like he was going to try to get into the end zone. He went one way, then tried to go another way, and then ends up fumbling the ball and giving it back to the Chiefs. And obviously, it's a play Deshaun wants to get back. Uh, he's trying to get to the end zone. Some people, some media guys, uh, as we were waiting for Derek Carr and, and, the, and Rich Basachi and others to, to meet with us after the game, said that uh, he was trying to score, but he was trying to be cute about it. I just think that he kind of got twisted up and got turned around and really kind of didn't know where he was at and saw one defender out of the corner of his eye and thought, oh, I better run this way. And boom, all of a sudden, uh, bada boom, bada bing, he fumbles the ball. So I'm sure it's a play that he'd like to get back, but uh, not a good debut for Deshaun Jackson. One catch, 38 yards, and that fumble. That was really a big-time play, too, because it was, I felt like, a momentum swing. They go down and they score that touchdown. They're right back in that game. But they give the ball back, give it back to Kansas City, and Kansas City goes and scores, and all of a sudden, it's a blowout. You know, it's a, it's, it's a route in the making. Uh, that was a big turning point. Not the only reason the Raiders lost. Don't get it twisted. But it was a big turning point as far as I'm concerned in the game. Uh, also in the game, Alec Ingold, the fullback, left very early in the first quarter uh, with what looks to be a really bad knee injury, I believe. The Raiders think it's an ACL. We'll find out today. We're actually going to talk to Rich Basacci about 1 o'clock, I believe, maybe 1230. I can't remember exactly what time it is. But uh, later on this afternoon, we'll meet with him at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Uh, he'll talk to the media, so we'll ask him about an update on Alec Ingold and if he, in fact, uh, did tear his ACL, unless we find out ahead of time. We might find out even before that. Uh, but, yeah, that's what it kind of looked like. Uh, he was was on a special teams play looked like his foot got caught in the grass and he went down like he was almost shot you know it just it looked really bad on the replay and uh he went to the sideline he walked to the sideline limping then he went into the blue tent and then he came out and he was very emotional very emotional in tears got carted off the field so that's never a good sign whenever you see a player coming out of the blue tent or getting carted off the field in general and they're crying whenever that happens you kind of know that it's a it's a bad case scenario so i hate that for alec ingold uh he's a great player I really do believe he's a great player. Uh, he's a big key to this Raiders team, even though he's a fullback and he doesn't get a whole ton of plays, but he's out there and he does make plays. And I just think that uh, him being gone is, is a big loss for the Raiders. And it seems like he could be gone for the season. Again, we'll find out some point uh, this afternoon. 
Now, I guess if you're looking for a silver lining, if you're looking for a positive with all the negative that, uh, that, that you took away from Sunday night's game, the Raiders are still in a three-way tie for the final wildcard spot. You know, the Chargers have the tiebreaker, so they're in the number seven spot. The Raiders are in the number eight spot, and the Bengals are in the number nine spot, and Cincinnati's on their way to town. Cincinnati's going to be playing the Raiders uh, this upcoming Sunday at Allegiant Stadium as the Raiders are currently on a two-game losing streak, and they need so badly to snap that two-game losing streak. They need so badly to get back into the win column and, and prove to everybody, and, and not even everybody, prove to themselves that this is not one of these years that they're just going to have a second-half season collapse. Because if they have a second-half season collapse, like I know a lot of folks feel like they're about to do or they're on the verge of doing or already doing, then it's going to be a very, very long offseason, a very, very busy offseason, and there's going to be a lot of decisions made in the offseason if they have a second half of the season collapse. But... Still, there are eight games left that they are guaranteed. If they want to play nine, if they want to play 10, if they want to play 11, they've got to go out there and earn it. Obviously, that's going to have to start this upcoming week. And and look, Sunday would have been a great night to get that thing started with the Chargers losing earlier in the day, the Broncos losing earlier in the day, and then all the Raiders had to do, and I say all they had to do like it was easy, and it's obviously not. They all had to do is go out there and win. They go out there and win against the Kansas City Chiefs. They're sitting in first place by themselves. You know, and that would have been a beautiful thing. It would have been a fun conversation that we would have had today. But instead, they get blown out, and there's so many more questions than there are answers currently at the time. But we'll talk about it coming up in segment number two. They're guaranteed, like I said, eight more games. Is it time to hit the panic button? Do you think that the team is starting to go on that second-half season slide? Have they got over all the off-field adversity that they've dealt with this season. We'll answer those questions, or we'll talk about those questions, because I don't know if we can actually 100% answer them just yet, but we'll talk about them coming up in segment number two. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about Direct TV. And I know you've had this scenario before, right? You have one device that lets you watch the game live. Then you have one where you're streaming your favorite shows. You're watching highlights on your phone. And then, of course, you've got your neighbor, your homeboys, your, their Netflix account. So you can log into that and you can watch your shows, right? Well, I got a way to tell you about how you can simplify all that entertainment that you love without the hassle. And it's a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. No more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. I mean, think about that. You don't have multiple remotes and you don't have a contract. I mean, I'm already sold. I'm sold right there because there's one thing I hate is having a bunch of remotes, and then, of course, you get stuck in a contract and you hate it. I'll tell you right now, and I'm not going to throw out their name out there because I don't want to give them some advertisement, but the cable company that I have currently, I'm stuck in a contract that I hate. (laughs) Absolutely hate. I wish I could get rid of them today. If I could, I'd go with DirecTV Stream right now, but... We're stuck in a contract. So the good thing about this, there's no contract. Get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion, and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about it at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device require. Content varies by package. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to talk about, is it time to hit the panic button? Are the wheels starting to fall off the train? Or, I guess if you're trying to be funny and cute, are the tires and wheels starting to come off the car? 
You know, is that the is that the case? And no, I'm not taking a dig at Derek Carr, so probably shouldn't have said that. I'm just saying in general, the team in general. I think we've all kind of established this team is going to go as far as Derek Carr is going to go. And currently they're on a two-game losing streak. And look, this is not the first two-game losing streak that they've had this season. They lost to the Chargers and then followed that up with a loss to the Bears. And then they got back onto a winning streak. Can they do that again? They need to do that in a major way. This upcoming Sunday, and I know we said this multiple times, you're going to learn a lot about this team. We said that multiple times so far this season. Well, this upcoming Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals, and I'm not turning the page to them already because still talking about this loss on Sunday, but you'll learn a lot about this team. I mean, they have got to stop the bleeding. They've got to go ahead and put you know a plug in the dam so it doesn't stop because the leak is on. The leak is on right now. That's a two-game losing streak. They haven't won in November yet. They won in September and October, but they haven't won in November. Remember what we keep saying. We talked about it all the time, and it's true. It's not about what you do in September and October. It's what you do in November and December. And so far, the Raiders have not won in November. They lost to the Giants, which was a game that they should have won, and then they lost to the Chiefs, which obviously that was going to be a very tough game from the jump. And then it turned into, well, just a disaster. Quick, fast, and hurry just got out of control uh, as they take that 41-14 loss. So, you know, the question is, is this something to start to, to really get concerned about? Is this starting to, starting to be the beginning of that collapse, or is it just two bad games for the Raiders? Can they get back on the winning track? I mean, for the rest of the month of November, they've got the Bengals at home this week, and then they got the Cowboys on the road and Thanksgiving. The Cowboys look great on Sunday. I mean, they did. They put up 40-plus points. They looked uh, amazing going up against the Falcons. And the Bengals, we know they're a better team than what they usually are. They've been a better team so far this season. Are they the end-all, be-all? No, but they, they've played better. They absolutely have, and they're currently uh, sitting right behind the Raiders uh, in part of that three-way tie for the final wildcard spot with uh, the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Bengals. The Chargers obviously own the tiebreaker. Or the, yeah, they own the tiebreaker, so they're at seven. The Raiders are at eight, and the Bengals are at number nine. And so that could all change this week, depending on what happens at this game coming up against Cincinnati. But I'll tell you, man, this team, watching them on the field on Sunday as I was at Allegiant Stadium, sitting there in the press box, it just just feels like it's just not it's just not there for them right now. It doesn't look like they're as excited as they should be. It doesn't look like they have as much, you know, fire as they should. It just seems like the emotion that they are playing with, uh, the energy that they are playing with earlier in the season, they're just not playing with right now. And look, they've dealt with a ton. Is it too much? I mean, who knows? You know, I've had many people hit me up and ask me, Q, has this team just been dealt with, you know, too many body blows and now it's just starting to crumble them like, like to, you know, a fighter does at the end of fights. They just kind of crumble. I, I don't want to say yes, but at the same time, when you see a game like you saw on Sunday and you know what they were playing for and the fact that they knew going into that game that that was a first-place game right there. I mean, everything had gone their way, and they've had everything go their way multiple times. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't make the playoffs. I had people hit me up, tell me, don't talk about the playoffs anymore. Well, look, this team should expect to make the playoffs. This team was in position to make the playoffs, and they're still currently in position to make the playoffs. But they can't do that by the way they're playing, you know. And so I think it's definitely something to monitor. I really do. I think that uh, we're going to find out. We'll probably know everything you need to know about this team by December 1st. I mean, really, because there's two more games in the in the month of November for the Raiders, and this could be a backbreaker. If they drop both of these games, oh, man, 
I mean, then, then all of a sudden you're sitting there and you're looking up and you're, you know, you're, you're under 500 and then you're wondering what in the world's really going on. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm very concerned. I'll say that. I'm not going to say that I'm hitting the panic button and I think this team is falling apart, but I will say I'm very concerned about their mental. I'm really concerned about how much of a toll this Henry Ruggs situation has taken on this team, how much uh, these players are, are not just thinking about it when they're on the field, but just how much they are affected by it in general. You know, I was talking to a buddy in the in the press box on Sunday who is a good friend of Keyshawn Nixon, and he said Keyshawn Nixon is tore up. He's tore up about it. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to sit there and say who it was and go into any kind of details, but he said he's tore up about it. And, and I've seen when I saw Henry Ruggs around town, you know who I always saw him with? Keyshawn Nixon. That's one of the players. And I know Keyshawn Nixon is not, you know, a guy that's going to be out there. He's not a starter. He's not uh, a guy who's going to be getting a lot of burn. He's not the best player on the team. I get that. But if that's just one guy, uh, I can imagine other guys on the squad. You know, I can imagine the guys that are the big-time players, like the Derek Cars, like the Brian Edwards, who came in the same year as he did. You know, like guys like that, I can imagine. So not going to make excuses for the guys and why they're losing. Not going to sit here and say, well, this – incident right here put them over the top but I mean at some point you know it's, it's how many how many body blows can you take before you crumble you know I mean and, and that's why that's something that they do in boxing you know they always say oh hit the body hit the body eventually the tree will, will, will fall well is the tree falling I mean it, it, it somewhat feels like the tree is close to falling you know and and there's other rumors and reports out there not really reports more rumors out there about things that happened that night of the the Henry Ruggs accident uh that again I'm not going to go into detail because they're just rumors right now they're not official they're not things that are facts as far as I know now if they become facts they'll be something that we talk about but I, I don't I, I'm not going to sit there and say that they're facts but there's a lot of a lot of talking going on. Let's put it like that. And there's a chance that there may be some more stuff that we hear about sooner rather than later. And I'm not saying it's all bad stuff, but just more stuff, more details. Let's put it like that. I think that's the best way to put it. So I just don't know how much is weighing on this team. And I just feel like that they're close to being in trouble. Uh, if they drop this game against Cincinnati, man, it's, it's, it's really going to be, uh, I don't want to say a wrap, and it's not a, a, a mathematical elimination, but it almost feels like it'll be an elimination game, right? It almost feels like if they go on that three-game losing streak, then all of a sudden you're looking up saying, wait a minute, hold on. This, this team is not, is, not, is not got it. And I'm sure there's fans right now. I'm sure someone listening right now saying, Q, I'm there now. I think that this team already doesn't have it. The one thing I'll say that is their saving grace, and I talked about it in the pre-pre-show uh, that I did on Sunday live from Allegiant Stadium. Uh, I call it Q's kickoff. Did it at uh, 2 o'clock, 2 to 3.15 Pacific Standard Time. The Raiders have so many AFC games left that that can save them. That is the one saving grace right now is that there's so many AFC games. With Sunday's game now behind them, they still have six games against AFC teams. This week against the Bengals, then they have two NFC East games, uh, the Cowboys and then the Washington football team, back-to-back weeks, and then the rest of the season is all AFC games. KC, the Browns, the Broncos, the Colts, the Chargers, all those are AFC games. So that could really determine what happens with this team the rest of the way is those AFC games. You know, now if they lose this game against the Bengals, it almost feels like maybe those games aren't going to matter. But I'll tell you right now, if they can win that game against Cincinnati on Sunday, they need to win that one. And even one of two of, of the NFC games, those five games are going to be right there in front of them. KC, but it's in Kansas City. Browns in Cleveland. Broncos at home. Colts in Indy. And then the Chargers at home to close things out. I mean, 
Those five games at the end are really going to give them a chance to still squeak into the playoffs. Do I feel like that they're going to win the division now at this point? Probably not. Now that Kansas City's on top of it, probably won't be the division winner, but it doesn't mean they can't be a wild card. Uh, again, right now, they would be the number eight seed. So, they, I mean, they're tied with the Chargers, so they got to win that game against the Chargers uh, late in the season, depending on how the rest of the season shakes out, of course. But, I mean, you just kind of look at it and, and say you know what teams own the tiebreakers. That's another reason why this game this week against the Bengals is so important. You don't want to lose that one, and then all of a sudden them own the tiebreaker as well. That's what you don't want. So, I mean, they, these games are going to be so important, but the fact, the saving grace, the fact that, that six of their last Eight games are all AFC games are what can save this team and eventually push them into the playoffs. I know there's some folks right now, like I said, that don't want to talk about playoffs. I get it. Coming off of a loss like they had against the Kansas City Chiefs, sure didn't look like a playoff team. That's for sure. But if you're looking for something to hang your hat on and say there's still a chance, you know what they say when they say in that movie? So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> if you want to say there's a chance, uh, then, then that's what it is right there is that they have so many AFC games to close out the season. So I'm not hitting the panic button right now, but I'll say that I'm very, very concerned about the mental state of this team. And if they believe in themselves, that's the biggest key. Do they believe that they can get over the hump? Do they believe that they can over, overcome all the off-the-field adversity? Can they? Will they? Well, we'll find out. And, well, it really starts this Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals. Should have started on Sunday against the Chiefs. It didn't. So now they got to get it started against the Cincinnati Bengals. So that's all I got for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about the best tasting protein bar ever, Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar by now, well, one, you're missing out. And I know I call it a protein bar, but it sure doesn't taste like one. Like I said, best taste of protein bar ever. Uh, it's not chalky. It's not waxy. It's not dry. It's soft. It's 100% covered in chocolate. When you bite into it, you know there's something different about it. You know that it's an experience. It's special. Something you're going to enjoy. Built Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein. All the healthy benefits on top of just purely delicious. So many flavors to choose from. And every three to four days, if you check out their website, Built.com, they're rolling out another limited time flavor. So check them out today, Built.com. When you check out, make sure you use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll save 15% off your order just like that. Get a great taste of protein bar and save money at the same time. Built.com, promo code LOCK15. I also want to tell you about our good friends at betonline.ag, your number one spot for basketball. That's college and pro, football, college and pro. You go to the website right now. They got the updated desktop or mobile website. Check them out, betonline.ag. You can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. What does that mean? You drop $1,000 into your account, and boom, use the promo code Locked On. You're going to get $500 on top of that to play with. So that's like free money, right? And again, basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, anything that you can imagine, betonline.ag has got you covered. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and it's where the game starts. Check them out today, betonline.ag and don't forget, use that promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit. Get that 50% welcome bonus, betonline.ag. Segment number three, it's up next. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start off with a text today. Let's start off with a text from Raider Faithful out of Fresno. Sub Q is Raider Faithful out of Fresno. I'm just completely at a loss of words for what I witnessed on the field tonight. This Raiders team had everything lined up for them and... As in recent years, they fell flat on their face in spectacular fashion. We seem to always be the team that is the cure-all for struggling teams. I'm supposed to be traveling to Dallas on Thanksgiving Day for the Raiders game. It's now looking like the Raiders are going to get blown out on national TV once again. They not only fade out in the second half of the season, they also don't show up on the national stage when the stakes are highest. Mathematically, we are still in the playoffs hunt, but with what transpired today, all I see if we make the playoffs is a quick and decisive elimination, followed by a new staff, and therefore maybe three Three seasons before we could be playoff ready, if we're lucky. When will this cycle end? Still a Raider fan, but embarrassed and discouraged after what I saw tonight. Take care, Q. Hashtag Raider Nation for life. Thank you so much, Raider Faithful, for that text. I appreciate you. And you know, uh, embarrassed and discouraged is a great way to describe that game that we saw Sunday night, because that was bad, especially being on the big stage of Sunday night football. It was just a complete disaster uh, for the silver and black. So uh, there's a lot to unpack, though, on that text. Um, you know, you're, you're right. Mathematically, they're still in the playoff hunt and still have an opportunity to make some moves. Like I mentioned in, in segment number two, uh, I, I just I, I don't know if, like I say, you should hit the panic button. If you should think that they're not going to make the playoffs or what they'll do if they get hot at the right time. Maybe I mean, maybe they get things turned around. It just doesn't feel right right now. Right. It just feels really bad. But then again, that's on the heels of coming off a very bad loss. So, of course, you're going to feel that way. Um, now, as far as, and I'll just address this real quickly because there's still a lot of time before the end of the season. If for some reason the Raiders do decide to go in a different direction, you know, GM, new head coach and all that, it doesn't necessarily have to be a three, four years before you have a chance to be in the playoffs. I know that that's typically what the Raiders have done where they go and rebuild everything. But look, there's teams that have made the playoffs immediately when they get a new head coach. I mean, the, the team has talent. That's what I could say. The team, there's definitely talent on the team. So I'm not thinking that if they were to go into a different direction at the end of the season, and they very well could. You know, that's a good chance of that. I, matter of fact, it's kind of what I ex- expect as far as at least the head coach goes, that they go in a different direction. I, I don't think that that means that they just have to blow everything up and start from scratch again. But again, we'll see what happens in the offseason. It could be, especially depending on how everything shakes out and closes out, it could be a very, very long and drawn out off season where there'll be plenty of action, but there'll be a lot of questions to go along with all that action. So thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Next up, got a call from Raider Ed from the OC calling to talk about the game, how he's feeling about the team and next week's game. And then really what he wants to say to Raider nation at this point. Here he is Raider Ed from OC. Hey, what's up Q. This is Raider Ed from OC Orange County. Just want to say that just like, all of Raider Nation, um, the Raiders versus Chiefs game. I'm very frustrated, and um, it was a stressful game. But what can we do, right, Q? All we can do is just stay positive and look forward to the next game and just stay hopeful. Um, there's not much we can do. Uh, it's either we keep being a ride or die fan or switch teams and switching teams is one thing I will never do. I'm always going to be a Raiders fan through the thick and thin. So all we can do is just look forward to the next game, stay positive, um, have faith and, uh, 
through these tough times, um, being a Raiders fan, that's all we can do. Um, other than that, too, just want to say thank you so much for um, all you do for us. Um, I listen to your episodes um, first thing in the morning. Like you say, um, first listen. So it's my first listen of the day. Um, thank you so much, my man, for, for everything you do for us. And um, I'm super happy that you're doing well. And I'm, I'm super happy for all your success and to see your career is going great. And the podcast is going great. That's really awesome. But, yeah, Raider Nation, let's just stay positive. Um, like I said, I'm, I, I'm, I'm frustrated. But, hey, we'll, what can we do? We just got to hang in there and um, take it one game at a time. And I'm still hopeful. I still got faith. I, I, I still feel like we are a playoff team. And um, I know, Q, you, you, you've been mentioning the P word um, lately, uh, which is uh, a, a good feeling. It's great to hear you say that. Uh, what's your take on it, Q? Do you still think we're a playoff contender or a playoff team? We'd love to know uh, what you think, Q. Um, as always, thank you so much, Q, Raider Nation. There he goes, Raider Ed from the OC. Thank you for the call. I do appreciate you, and I'll say, look, there is nothing you can do, but keep showing up as a fan and trying to show up and show out for your team. It's really all you can do. You know, I totally understand the frustrations, and I'll say this. It's frustrating for me. There's nothing more than I want than Raider Nation to be pumped up and rewarded for their faithfulness and their passion, and that includes me as well. You know, I mean, I got to go to the radio station and do a show every day. I got to do the podcast every single day. I try to respond to as many people on Twitter as, as possible. And, you know, hey, you know, losing sucks. Nobody likes losing, and especially the way that it happened on Sunday. It's terrible. But you're right. There's nothing you can do but stick it out as a fan or choose not to. I had someone hit me up and say, uh, and it wasn't just me exclusively hit me up, but uh, he hit up everyone that basically does either a podcast or, or does radio and says, I'm not listening to radio or podcast all week long. Not. And I'll be back on Monday if the Raiders win. Uh, I'm just not going to do it. What, what, what can I say? You know what I mean? Though? So what is there to say? You won. I don't even need to be hit up. If you're not going to listen, that's fine. That's that's your call. But it's like, what do you what do, what can I say to make it any better? So I just said, okay, well, have a great week. We'll be here if and when you choose to come back. I mean, that was my only response because what do you say? So, I mean, you either make the decision to ride with the team, like you said, or you don't. And I know Raider Nation is a very passionate bunch, and I know that we always continue to ride with the team regardless. That's just, that's just how we're made up. So, I mean, I know there's anger and there's frustration, but – like you said, you you have one option, and that's really just to ride with the team. Well, two options, ride with the team or don't. Simple as that. Uh, as far as, you know, the team being a playoff team, again, I mentioned it in like segment two. They aren't mathematically out. Um, they have a shot, but they've got to get things turned around quick, fast, and in a hurry, man, because it really feels like there's an opportunity for it to be just kind of blown right out the door if they don't, uh, if they don't hurry up and get this thing turned around. So uh, it starts on Sunday. They've got six out of their final eight games are against AFC opponents, which is a big deal, so they can make it. They can make some noise, but they got to do it, and they got to start on Sunday. Thank you so much for your call. I do appreciate you. Next up, got a text from my guy, Mikey the Barber in the 916. What's up, Q? What a devastating loss suffered by the hand of the Chiefs. I know I'm not the only one who saw their O-line holding Mad Max like a damn prom date. No wonder Mahomes didn't get touched. 
The refs never call them for holding calls for us. It's unacceptable in my opinion. I'm sick of the double standard that the Raiders have to endure from the NFL. When are we going to get an effing break? All we can do as fans is move on to next week. We're on to Cincinnati. Anyway, we'll get at them in Arrowhead, and when the stakes are higher, we just got to string a few wins together and keep getting better. I'm trying to be optimistic, but this one felt like I lost a family member. I feel so sick right now. Stay up, Raider Nation. Again, it's from Mikey the Barber, and thank you for the text, my man. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, that was one thing that stood out to me in the game as well. Mad Max was getting held the entire game, and there was only one holding call called against him. And then it was crazy after the, the game in the media session, uh, Levi Damien from uh, USA Today, he asked Max about his 15-yard unnecessary roughness penalty uh, and asked if that was a frustration penalty and, and what he was uh, frustrated about. And Max said, like, man, you're, you're not going to set me up. Basically, he knew, like, hey, you're not going to set me up to talk about the offense. But that's what he was clearly upset about was the officiating and the fact that he was being held the entire game and never got a call. So uh, you're right. It's on into Cincinnati. Uh, as I mentioned in segment number two, as, as uh, we've heard from Raider Ed from the OC, he said the same thing. All you could do is move on to the next week. There's still plenty of football left to be played. I saw Jonathan Abram tweet that out. Uh, got to play better. There's a lot of football still to be played. And there is. So they got to go out there and handle their business. But again, man, I mean, it's, it's time is starting to tick and they've got to get things figured out quick, fast, in a hurry. And it starts on Sunday against Cincinnati. So thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you. Next up is a call from Raider Nick in the 808. He's calling as a very frustrated fan, and he had a certain feeling about this game the minute he found out it was for first place in the AFC West. And he'll tell you about it now. Here's Raider Nick in the 808. What up, Q? This is Raider Nick calling in from the 808. <laughs> Man, as soon as this game, nah, as soon as this game became for the division, I knew what the result was going to be. It's so frustrating, no matter what the year, who the coach is, who the players are. It's the exact same thing every single time. I don't understand. I don't get what it is. The defense reverted back to its 2020 self. The offense looks nothing like it has the last two years. There's something legitimately wrong deep within the core of this franchise that they just can't get it right. I'm fully ready for another rebuild because that is what has to be coming if there's another second half collapse by the Raiders this year. There he goes. Raider Nick in the 808. Thank you for the call, my man. And I'll tell you, man, for me, the minute I found out the Chargers and Broncos lost, I was pumped. I was super fired up about this game. Uh, you know, I just knew that it was going to be a, a great game all the way down to the wire, and uh, someone had to make a big play at the end to win it. Like, that's how I envisioned it in my head, and obviously, it did not shake out like that. But, uh, man, I, I overestimated the Raiders. Uh, I thought that they had more of their stuff together. I thought this was going to be a game where they get back and get a little bit of revenge for that loss against the Giants, but um, no, that was not the case. It was a really bad performance by the Silver and Black, uh, and it, it does. It feels like they could be on the verge of that second half of the season collapse. I don't want to say that they're there yet, only because, like I mentioned before multiple times, how much they still have to play, and especially against AFC opponents. But, man, it does feel like you're right there uh, teetering on that edge of, hey, here we go again, and, and I hope – that that's not the case. And I, I believe, and I've said it multiple times, I feel like this team is different. But, man, the last two weeks, it didn't show that they were any different. It's kind of making me look like uh, I had no idea what I was talking about when, in fact, I do think that everything going on with this team has a lot to do with it. Uh, but that's, again, I, I can't make excuses for any team because – at the end of the day, they all have something that they have to do, which is go out there and perform. And right now, the Raiders are not performing. But that's that's all I got for you for today's show. Thank you so much for your call. I do appreciate you. Thanks for all the feedback that I've received. 
I uh, got a text from Raider Braun from the South Bay coming up tomorrow. Army Raider. got a call from him. Text from Raider Rob out of Riverside. Hit that up, plus a lot more. We'll have more news and notes of the day. We'll meet with Rich Basaccia today, and we'll have more conversations. You know, there's a lot of topics. People have tweeted at me and said, hey, we'd love for you to talk about this. There's plenty of stuff to talk about uh, before we turn the page and focus in on the Cincinnati Bengals. So uh, until then, Raider Nation, until tomorrow, take care of your family, love on your family, uh, be safe out there doing whatever you're doing, and most importantly, as always, Just win, baby.